In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us a reason to celebrate His love and righteousness given to us. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there was a criminal who uh, got a lawyer, he, he got caught, he got arrested, and uh, got caught, and um, they, his lawyer came to him, uh, sort of confidentially, came up to him and said, well, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And the criminal said, well, okay. And the lawyer said, well, which one do you want first? Do you want the good news first or do you want the bad news first? And the, the criminal said, well, hmm... I guess I'll have the the bad news first. Yeah, the bad news, because then, then the good news will make everything seem okay. And uh, so the lawyer said, okay, fine. Uh, they found your blood at the crime scene, and uh, they were able to identify you by your DNA. And the criminal said, oh, okay, what's the good news? And the lawyer said, well, your cholesterol is down to 120. You didn't know that Pink Candle Sunday was also Bad Joke Sunday, did you? Yeah. But there's that sort of sense of good news and bad news that, that we know about. Oftentimes when, when people come up to us and they say, well, I've got good news and I've got bad news, which one do you want first? Normally, sort of, I, we're, we're like the criminal. We say, well, I sort of want, well, I, I want the bad news first. Give me the bad news first, so that way I can, you know, hear that and get really down and depressed about it. And then, oh, and then comes the good news. And I like the good news because the good news is going to make me feel better and maybe will sort of wipe away all of the bad news. Unless you're like the criminal where the good news doesn't really help you out at all. Well, that's kind of the, the tough thing about good news and bad news, isn't it? Is that we want the good news to always wipe away the bad news. And so we figure that if the good news isn't good enough, then maybe we want that first. So that we can sort of, well, rejoice and celebrate that well, we have this good news. And then a little bit later on be completely and utterly crushed by the bad news. And so it's sort of this, this game of chance that you play when you choose either the good news first or the bad news first. And sometimes that becomes how we sort of deal with God. Sometimes we come to God and, and God has good news for us and he has bad news for us. And it's almost as if he comes to us and say, says, well, I have both of these. Which would you like first? And we're left there choosing either good news or bad news. Well, the prophet Isaiah is coming to the nation of Israel with some good news. And he's actually coming with the good news first, but then after that he gives them a little bit of bad news that, well, it's maybe a little bit disconcerting for them. You see, uh, this portion of Isaiah, Isaiah 61, is sort of like the Beatitudes of the Old Testament. Anybody remember the Beatitudes? Yeah, blessed are the poor in spirit. 
Okay, all right, good. And then, you know, uh, then blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Okay, all right. Blessed are those who mourn. All right, all right, good. So, in order for me to be blessed, I have to be poor in spirit, I have to be hungry, hungry and thirsty, and I have to mourn. All of a sudden, that doesn't seem like such good news. Does it? Of course, if you're already in those places, oh, then it's good news. If you're already mourning, then it's good news to hear that you're going to be comforted and that you are going to be blessed. If you're already hungering and thirsting for righteousness, then it's good news to hear that that hunger and that thirst, that those things are going to be filled. If you already feel like you're poor in spirit, it's good news to hear that you're being blessed in that way. Well, that's kind of the same thing that Isaiah is bringing in front of the people of Judah, actually, if we're going to get real specific about it. Because by this point in Israel, I'm going to give you a little bit of a Israelite history lesson. At this point in Israel's history, you have the entire nation of Israel. If you prob- You're probably thinking about it in terms of what Israel looks like today, right? That sort of chunk of land that sort of looks like New Jersey, it's about the same size. Yeah. Well, that's cut in half. And there's the northern kingdom called the kingdom of Israel, and the southern kingdom called the kingdom of Judah. Isaiah, our man, is down in the southern kingdom, along with his king, a guy named Hezekiah. Well, he's down there, and what they've seen recently has been this nasty other nation called Assyria has come into the northern kingdom. They're they're cousins to the north, sort of Canada. And has wiped them out and taken everybody and dragged them off into exile. And they've seen all of that and started sort of biting their nails and going, oh no, I wonder if we're next. And sure enough, they find out that in just a little while, this guy named Sennacherib, who is the military general of the Assyrians, is knocking on the door of not Israel anymore, because they ain't there anymore. But now... He's knocking on the door of Judah. They're here. And Isaiah and Hezekiah are looking out over the ramparts of their fortress and they see all of these nasty Assyrians out there. And it's bad news. Assyria is like this military powerhouse at the time. There is no way that the nation of Judah is going to be able to survive an attack. It's bad news. They need some good news desperately. And the good news that Isaiah has for them is he comes to Hezekiah and he says, Don't worry. God's going to take care of this. We don't have to do a thing, really. God's going to make sure that we survive. 
and God gives Hezekiah a vision that he's able to see all of God's chariots, all of God's angels that are normally invisible to him fighting on the side of Israel. It's a great story of that sort of good news, bad news dichotomy, but it's not quite where we are yet. That's much earlier in, in, in Judah's history. In fact, what happens after that is a little bit more good news, bad news, and this time it really is uh, the good news. The good news is, oh, the Assyrians are defeated. Snacherib is running back to Assyria, tail tucked between his legs. We win! Yay! Oh, and then there's these visiting people from this place called Babylon. How interesting. Oh, and oh, they, they want to stay with us. Well, okay, we've got a few guest rooms. All right, we'll let them in. And, oh, well, and, and then Hezekiah, like a kid uh, right after Christmas Day, says, Would you like to see my toys? Would you like to see all of the riches that we have here in the palace? And the Babylonians go, Maybe. And so they go and they see them, and they're like, Oh, you have a lot of gold. You have a lot of really expensive stuff. How interesting. We won't tell a soul. And they go back to Babylon, and they're like, Guess what? They're loaded. And so pretty soon, there comes some bad news coming down the pike, and it's the people of Babylon. And they are going to succeed where the Assyrians failed. They take Judah and they pull them off into exile. And as they're being pulled off into exile, as they're in the midst of that bad news, finally then, we arrive at Isaiah 61. Where Isaiah is saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim good news. Good news that you will be bound up if you're broken hearted. That you will be set free if you're a prisoner. That you will be blessed. But you're only going to see that really clearly if you're able to really clearly see the bad news. That's part of the reason that we confess our sins. It's part of the reason that we think about the sins that we might be committing day by day. It's that that bad news helps us to understand the good news in so much better clarity. Now bad news is bad news. And we don't wish that on ourselves. We don't wish that on other people. We don't wish that they have that bad news. But if you're a human being sitting in this room right now, you probably have some bad news that's lurking just behind the scenes. 
some bad news that you've gone through recently or some bad news that you're afraid might be coming down the pike for you. Maybe it's something that the doctor told you and you're not quite sure how to deal with that. Maybe it's something that your boss told you or your teacher told you it is finals week. What's the bad news in your life? It'll be different for every one of us. But not a single person in this room is going to be able to say that their life right now doesn't have any bad news. But there's good news. For whatever bad news you have in your head right now, whatever you're struggling with, whatever is hurting you, whatever is making you cry in the middle of the night, Whatever is bothering you so much that you can't fall asleep, there's good news. You are loved by a God who didn't stop. Who didn't stop what he was doing just because there was bad news ahead of him. A God who came to this world as a little bitty baby and didn't ever turn away from his trajectory that led him straight to probably the worst news that there could ever be. The cross. Where he was scorned. He was killed. He was left abandoned by his friends and even abandoned by God. He didn't turn away from that so that you could have good news. And the good news is this. You have to deal with bad news in this world. But it's never going to be so bad that you don't have a reason to hope. Because you have an eternity of time without bad news that is coming when He returns. That your good news is that your bad news is temporary. It's not going to take control of your life forever. You have to deal with it now. But maybe you can even rejoice in that. Maybe you can even rejoice in that. That right now, knowing the bad news that you have, you're able to see the hope of the good news in so much more clarity. You're able to rejoice in the Lord always. Even in the midst of bad news. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Amen.